Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. So good to see everyone this morning. I'm so glad you could all make it. It's a sunny day. It's a victory over last week where we thought it was the end of the world. Thank you, Jesus. This is great. Uh, My name is Kevin. If you don't know me, uh, I'm Sharon's husband. She was just here a moment ago when she opened the service. And uh, we lead the congregation here. And it's my joy and privilege to have you with us here today. Um, If you don't know, if you haven't been around maybe, as a church we've been doing this series that we've called Culture of Grace. And um, we've talked about a few things in this series, but um, it's a series that is... um, different from other things we have done before, to say the least. But because today is our last week of that series, I want to take some time to recap some of the things that have been said over the past five weeks. Is that all right? Yes. Okay, great. How many of you have been enjoying this series? Show of hands. All right, there's a few hands up. All right, I'm glad. I'll report to Pastor Clive, shall I? People are liking it. Great. Awesome. Now, so I want to take the opportunity to recap. Actually, Pastor Clive, our senior pastor, um, opened up the series with a message uh, about grace. Hands of the title of the series, Culture of Grace. And he shared about this story of Zacchaeus, right? And uh, he explained how Jesus in that story is the image of grace, right? Because Jesus saw that guy called Zacchaeus and he called him by his name. Now, this guy was known to be a a sinner, a bad character. He wasn't the guy you wanted to hang out with as as a good follower of Christ. But Jesus saw him and called him by his name. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to hang out at your house. It's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be great. And in that moment, that statement was so powerful because Zacchaeus' name means pure one. So what Jesus was really saying is, even though people see you as this sinner, this bad character, they don't want to hang out with you, I see you as the pure one. Now how cool is that? And you know what's even cooler is that Jesus is saying the same thing to us today. He's saying, I see you as pure ones. Because God calls us to a life, a new life with him, right? Where the old has gone and the new has come, where our sins has been removed as far as the east is from the west. There is life in Jesus and that is good news. Amen? Great. So we started this series because we knew that God was speaking to us about this word intimacy. Partly, we started this series for a few things, but partly because God was speaking to us about this word intimacy, this greater intimacy that he wanted us to have with him. And Pastor Jane, uh, she's Pastor Clive's wife, they are senior pastors, as I said, um, she had this beautiful picture of us dancing with God. And and you know how children dance sometimes with uh, parents at a wedding or something? They like standing on the feet and and the parent is kind of doing all the work and the child is having fun. And and it was kind of the same thing. So she she pictured us as a church just standing on God's feet. And so there was this closeness to God in that moment, but it was also an awareness that God leads us in everything, right? We let him completely have the wheel in that picture so God led that dance in which we were so it's about complete trust in God to lead us where we need to go but also this closeness between us and God this intimacy between us and the Lord 
And God, along with that, was speaking to us about him coming back for a pure bride, right? We know that scripture, he's coming back for a pure bride. And we knew that with that, it meant that we had to deal with some things, right? Some of the things that are going on in our lives, it meant a greater openness for us as a church, for us to open our lives. It meant vulnerability. It meant us standing together stronger as a result of what he was going to do. In our first John chapter 1, Verse 5 to 9, it says this. It's going to come up on the screen if you want to read along. If you have your Bible, we're going to jump in, a, in another story if I'm on, in a moment, so just take that out. But it says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to forgive our sins, sorry, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Hey, we want to be a people of light. We want to be a people that walks in the light with God, but walks in the light with one another as well. A people that is honest, open, vulnerable. A people that is truthful with one another. And of course, that meant that as a church, we had to be truthful, open and honest from the front as well. And so we had two of our congregation leaders in the next two weeks after Pastor Clive spoke that shared their story from the front. Um, the first uh, of those two was called the power of shame, breaking the power of shame. And the second was breaking the power of silence. And Colin, who leads the Horsham congregation, and Anna, who leads the Crowley congregation, both shared um, their own story and how they met God and saw him broke that in their lives. It was really powerful. It's these negative things that we have to break the power of. These thoughts in our head that might say, well, no one else struggles. I'm the only one probably. Everything seems to have a great life, so I better not say anything. Right? That's what silence does. It wants to keep things in the dark. But shame also tells us that we are bad and we are not bad. Guilt says you've done bad. That's okay. We deal with that. Shame tries to tell us that we are bad and we know that's not true because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right? He has removed our sins away from us. So we want to fight silence and shame. And that's what we did in those two weeks. And then last week, if you were here, Colin and Clive had a, a powerful conversation, uh, bringing a fresh understanding to verses like Romans 12 too, the renewing of the mind. Uh, verses that we've read so many times and that seem, um, yeah, it seems like, oh, what else can we say about it? But we've often talked about from the, from the perspective of the spiritual um, principles, really, behind them. But it's also important to see that God created us 
physically, he wired our brain in a way that supports those spiritual principles, right? So Romans 12, 2 says, your mind can be renewed. But then God went ahead and created our brain in a way that supports that. So our brain, as we learned last week, can renew those pathways, change, and constantly learn and evolve, which is so amazing because then it's like, God, so, you know, science is catching up to the fact of Scripture said 2,000 years ago, your mind can be renewed. And today, scientists are seeing that happening in the brain, which is amazing. So it was a more science-y, practical week last week, but so interesting and important as well. And I don't know about you, but I love what God is doing in us as a church at the moment. He's preparing us. It's a new era. It's a new day. We've heard it, but he's preparing us for what is coming. And that's so important. He's bringing us closer together as a people and closer to him So we understand more and more of his heart for us and those around us. And this week, I get the privilege of speaking to you. It's the last week of the series, as I said. And we're going to wrap it up before we start another series next week called In Christ Jesus. And if you've been any length of time in the church, you will have heard about In Christ Jesus. It's one of the books Pastor Colin wrote. And uh, we want to take a fresh look at that. Because we've spoken about all the negative things that God wants to remove in our lives in this series. So now we want to look at all the positive things that he wants to establish in us afresh. Actually, scratch that. He's already established everything in us, right? Because we have the fullness of who he is in us. It's about living that out every single day. And that's what the next series is going to do. Who's excited for what's coming? All right. Great. If you've got your Bible, we're going to turn to John chapter 13. Uh, It's going to go up on the screen as well. That's going to be our story we're looking at today. Uh, The message for today is called Grace and Dirty Feet. And um, that's what it's called. So let's read the story, shall we? John chapter 13, uh, as we finish off this series. I'm going to read it out and you can follow along. It was just before the Passover meal the Passover festival, sorry, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet, are you? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, referring to Judas. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow. Now, what is this story all about? Well, it's a beautiful story. Firstly, about humility and pride, and that might not stand out as much. Humility and pride because we learn from the same passage of Scripture in the book of Luke that there's a heated debate going on at that time between the disciples about who's the greatest, who's the greatest among them. And Jesus takes this opportunity of washing the feet. That story recorded in John happens at the same time to teach his disciples. And you can imagine the disciples going at it, right? No, I'm the greatest. No, it's me. I'm the greatest. And John goes, well, I'm the one who he, who he loves, right? And, and, and I don't know what the others fight back with. Well, I did more miracles. And then Peter went like, well, I walked on water, so technically I'm the greatest. Who else did that, huh? Right? Classic disciple moment. I always think if there's hope for that bunch, maybe there's hope for us because they did get it wrong a few times, right? Thank you, Jesus. So the disciples are taken up by pride and who's the greatest and they're arguing so self-centered about, uh, about their lives. And, and Jesus is watching this and he's like, let me teach you something about humility. Let me show you what it means to serve the world around you. It's not a great, who's the greatest contest, but it's really a question of how am I going to serve whoever is next to me? And secondly, it's a story about dirty feet and grace, hence the title. See, as they gather in that room that day, again, we learn from the book of Luke that it's an upper room in someone's house. And so there wasn't a servant there that night for them. So Jesus became that servant. What Jesus does in that passage is not common custom at all. Well, it was common in those times for people to wash people's feet as they came in, but it was certainly not common for someone of position to do that. Not a teacher, not a rabbi, let alone a king or a savior was going to wash the feet. Feet that were dirty. You can imagine how, you know, roads were made of dirt and Shoes were open, sandals, and animals were walking on the same road as they were. You can imagine our feet got dirty really quick, right? The idea was that as, some, as someone would come into someone's home as a guest, the servant in that home of the lowest rank would be the one that, ha- that would have that task of offering to wash the guest's feet. It wasn't even the host that would wash the feet or the guest who would wash their own feet, but the servant of the lowest rank rank. And Jesus, by taking the place of that servant, is wanting to wash his disciples' feet. And right away, you can see Simon Peter's answer. He's always so dramatic. Lord, you shall never wash my feet. He knew this was a normal custom, right? He didn't want Jesus to have to deal with the dirt, the filth of his feet to see him fully. But Jesus' answer leaves him no choice because Jesus says, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. And see, that's God's heart for us 
today as well. They might be part of our own story that we feel a bit ashamed of or that we are afraid to share. It doesn't have to be sin. It might be challenges or whatever life throws at you. But it's these things that Jesus came to deal with. And he's telling us today, I'm here to wash feet. He's still washing feet today. I'm here to make you clean. He isn't afraid of a bit of dirt. God wants all of us, not just the pretty parts, right? And later on, as we keep reading that story, Jesus calls us to do the same thing, right? It says in verse 14, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. See, we're not just called to receive that grace from Jesus so all the shame in our life goes away and, and we all clean and, and, and feeling good about ourselves and unicorns are flying in the sky and all is well with the world. But he says, wash one another's feet. We are there to then extend it to one another. And let's face it, right? Feet are not the most glamorous, attractive part of the body. It could easily be done and say, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to wash anyone's feet. They're sweaty, smelly, it's uncomfortable. What's this idea about? Let's keep our socks on, shall we? Let's, let's just keep the socks on. But that's not what Jesus is calling us to do. That is not what he's calling us to do. So as a church, we want to go there. We want to go to those place that might, places that might feel a bit uncomfortable. We want to take our socks off. We want to be able to say, here I am, this is all of me, dirt and all. You can see me and hopefully accept me. We don't want to be a church that pretends that all is clean and leaves those areas untouched. Thank you, Jesus. We want to provide a place where people feel safe, where people feel like they can be open and honest. We want to provide a place that gives that provides a towel. We want to be a church that provides the towel, a place where people can feel at peace and free, an environment that equips the saints, right? The church, our role is to equip the saints. So we want to be a people that teaches you how to wash the feet, that teaches you that it's important to wash each other's feet, to live in that way for one another. And Jesus knows everything anyway, right? He fully knows what's under those socks, <laughs> He, he fully knows what we're trying to hide, the, the same things, that, the very things that cause us shame, the very things that keep us in, in fear. We need to be able to talk about these things so we can extend grace to one another consistently, so we can uh, just stand together in those situations. And again, this isn't about sin. This isn't about pornography, which we've been talking about and mentioning over the past week. It can be so many things. It can be challenges, as I was saying. It can be fear, anxiety, worry, stress of life. It can be anger, frustrations. Like, oh, I can't believe I got angry again. I can't believe I got frustrated with my wife. If anyone knew how I was really behaving, they wouldn't accept me. That's where we want to go. We want to be able to talk about these things because it's important. Because if we don't talk about these things, you will never get out of those patterns. We need to be able to change together, move forward together. And God wants us to do that. He is there to wash our feet. It can be a situation in your kid's life that as a parent you carry shame about. It can be about work. It can be many things. But when we share those things, when we confess those things, it enables us to move forward together. So at the end of the day, we stand strong as one body in unity and love. 
So as a church, we're going to take our socks off, shall we? Can we say socks off? Just say socks off with me. Socks off. All right, so I'll take our socks off. Thank you, Jesus. I remember a time where uh, I had to have one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have in my life. And uh, it happened to be with Sharon, who's um, today my wife. Back then she was, and I was quite a bit younger. I still had hair. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> See, uh, I share a similar story to the one uh, Colin shared a few weeks ago. Um, I was also addicted to porn for some years of my life, and it brought a lot of shame to me, to my life. And it brought, more than shame, it brought fear in my life. Because I was in fear of what would happen if I would share that to anyone. I was in, in fear of how people would react, of that I would lose everything that I had going on for myself. I was in fear of how people would react in the church. But more importantly, I was in fear of how Sharon would react when she would find out that the truly handsome, amazing, almost perfect person that she was dating, going to date at that point, was not actually perfect. And I thought, well, if we're really going to do this on the verge of being this amazing couple, um, I'm really going to have to tell her what she's getting into or really who she's getting with, right? And I remember it being such a big thing in my head. I thought, I thought, well, surely if I share that with her, it's going to change her whole perspective of who I am. She's going to be a, a bit disappointed or a lot disappointed, very disappointed. I don't know. She might even be disgusted that I might be linked to something like that, right? She would have every right to. And so as I was gearing up all the courage to have that conversation with her, I was expecting her to walk out and say, look, this is too much for me. You're not the pretty Christian boy, good boy I thought you were. But when we had that conversation, I remember so clearly her reaction. The love and grace that she showed me in that moment was so freeing, so comforting. It was to this day one of the clearest ways I've ever seen God's love expressed through someone for me. A picture of complete, perfect love and grace. And so when I was at my worst, when I couldn't bear any more shame, any more fear, I was met with open arms, love and acceptance. And that's how exactly Jesus acts and wants to act with all of us, right? In our presence, when we show up with dirty feet, he cleanses them, cleanses them gently. And that's how we are to be with one another, a community of grace. See, I took my socks off. It stressed me out, but it was very freeing. And today... All is well. We are married, happy. Thank you, Jesus. He is good. But you know, there is a way to wash feet as well. It's not a position of I'm better than you and I know all things and, and you don't. <laughs> Sharon didn't go, well, you suck. I can't believe this. But because I'm a good Christian, I guess I'm going to stick along with you and teach you the good way. She didn't do that. Grace comes with, with a way of being, with an attitude, right? Galatians 6.1 is going to come up on the screen. It says in the Amplified, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, 
not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness. Keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Thank you, Jesus. The message version is even better. No, not actually better. It just explains things differently, but it puts into light a specific part I want to mention. If someone falls into sin, it says, forgivingly restore him. Saving your critical comments for yourself Listen to this. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. <laughs> Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. We are called to help one another with humility and gentleness. Notice that in that message version, it says, Stoop down and reach out, right? To wash someone's feet, you have to get lower than them, right? If, if you are sitting, if I was to wash your feet, I would have to get on my knees and to, to, to be able to do it. So I would be lower than you. So we get lower than them to wash the feet. It's not from a position of above, of authority, but it's as a servant. We get lower so we can wash people's feet. I'm doing this as a servant. See, the, the towel around the waist that Jesus had, he, he took his outer garments off, and I'm not going to take my clothes off, but then he took the towel and placed it around his waist like this. And that would have been, uh, if you like, the apron of the servant, the outfit of the servant. And in that moment, he says, I'm not doing this as a rabbi. I'm not doing this as a teacher. I'm not doing this as the big man, but I'm doing this as a servant. This is what represented the servant. And I love that Jesus finishes the job. He doesn't just wash the feet and leave them wet, but he comes and humbly dry the feet. And he's lower than the person, but he looks up in grace and love. And in that moment, makes such a difference into the lives of people and we are called to do the same thing let's be people of the towel shall we people of the towel let's see people that walk around us and notice those things or ask those questions let's not be afraid let's walk around with a towel not physically but you get me let's walk around with a towel ready to wash each other's feet and we do it with the right attitude with grace love with gentleness so we can stand as a body pure and ready for the coming of Jesus thank you Lord there's a another verse that I haven't been able to get away from for a while and if you've been here any length of time you will have heard me mention it again and again but again this week we were in a prayer meeting and Pastor Clive after the prayer meeting was like what has God been saying to you and I was like I'm sorry it's this verse again but but God is saying this and it's actually found in the same chapter as John uh, as the other story we were reading in John 13 it's just a bit later verse 34 and 35 it says a new command that give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another this is how people will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another 
When things don't make sense no more, when things are getting hard, when there's frustrations of life, when things are getting tense, when people don't behave the way you're expecting them to, that's the point where you still show love and you outpour grace and suddenly that reaction doesn't make sense to anyone because by that time they would have punched them in the face, right? So it's at that point that we can see people will know by the way we act, by the way we love one another, that we are his disciples, That's what will turn people's heads to Christ. By the way we love one another. And that love is so attractive. People longed to be loved. People longed to to be accepted. That love is attractive. It's contagious. Once it's there, people want more of it. Because that's what Jesus did wherever he went. He loved and loved again. And when people didn't deserve it, and when people were disappointed, he was still there. I love you. Come. My arms are open. I'm ready to wash your feet. Come on. It can be so freeing, it, it being, bringing freedom to others. It's not just about us being free and it being freeing for us because our feet are washed, but it's so, so many others. It's so this town and the villages around Burgess Hill, Hassex, Haywood's Eve, all this area that God has given to us is so they can know the love of Christ. Yes. So let's be ready to wash one another's feet. They will know by the love we have for each other that we are his disciples. And I promise you, when we behave like that, and again, I'm not saying we're not there. I can see it already. We are. But God always takes us from one thing to the next. So we want to continue in the ways he asked for us. But people will start noticing and people will come and ask questions. Hey, how come you behave like this with our boss when he's being a pain and everyone's arguing and everyone's talking bad about him, but you are still showing him grace? How come you behave like that? Well, let me tell you, I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's shown me that love when I didn't deserve it. So who am I not to show it to our boss? You get my point. And that's why we're starting a a conquer group or or pure desire, whatever we're calling it these days. And again, for me, yes, that that courses deals with pornography, but it's not about pornography. It's about learning to deal with those things of life, learning to deal with those places of shame. Pornography is only a symptom. I want to go to the root of whatever is going on in everyone's life. We want to live open. So once we deal with that root, we can live then in freedom forever the rest of our days we want to stand together as one body working together to move into the freedom that Christ has claimed for us we want to see that expressed in our lives every day see the power of shame and silence the power of isolation loneliness broken but you know what that's also why we're doing church at home church in the home retitling it (laughs) church in the home three weeks in a month church in the home isn't a covid thing it's not a it's not a thing we're doing because of that and and, and church in the home isn't there like oh what is it there to free us from poor no it's not We're doing it because of what God is wanting to do in us as a people. The vulnerability, the standing together as one body, the releasing of people, the praying for one another, the confessing of things. That's why we are doing church in the home three out of four weeks of the month. It isn't a COVID thing. 
It's something God started to speak to us very early on in COVID. And it's something that COVID enabled us to do because now we are streaming the church uh, service to everyone. We bought the kit. We bought all of this. It enables us to do, it in church, to do church in the home. It makes it easier for us to do it, but it is not a COVID thing. Church in the home is something God clearly spoke to us about as a next step for our congregation. And we prayerfully made that decision It wasn't a decision made out of ease, but it is bearing fruit. Guys, it is bearing fruit, good fruit. I can can see it in our relationships with one another. I can see it in the way it releases people as they host, as they welcome people in their home, as they take ownership for what's going on in the life of this community. It is good fruit in the way you pray for one another, stand together, in the way when I call one of you, you tell me, oh, I've been in touch with this guy and that guy and this girl this week. I can see it happening in us in so many ways. Church in the home is a response to what God is saying to us as a church. And God is doing great things. Oh, I'm so excited. And you know what? God is too good to leave us where we are today. Not that we are in a bad place, but as I said, he takes us from glory to glory, right? He has something next for all of us. A next step to take something he wants to work through in our lives so then we can impact the lives of others. And that's not hard work. That's not God. There is more to do. There is more to whatever. No, it's freeing. It's faith working through love. It's nothing less than God's best being expressed in each and every one of you. And you know what? I'm so thankful for each of you today. Because I think we are a great group of people Honestly, I can see it every day in the way you show love for one another, in the way God is shaping and knitting this community together here in Burgess Hill, and growing it as well, showing us gently what the next steps are for us. And I know that we are moving more and more into the next steps that God have. We're stepping into that, and so I'm so excited for what God has ahead. And every one of you has a part to play in that plan. This isn't a Sharon and Kevin show. This isn't a whatever, whoever you picture as a person that's involved. This isn't every one of us moving forward as one together. You are not here by mistake, but you are not here for yourself either. You are here so that God works in you what he needs to do so we can then make a difference in our community. God is too good to leave us where we are. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to finish by praying today. And um, we're just going to pray. It it might be quiet for a while, and that's okay. Um, we're We're going to decide to take our socks off, shall we? We're going to decide, make a decision today with God first. As we pray, I'm going to leave a bit of space, but just prayerfully Come in front of God and and maybe there are some things that you haven't been speaking to him about. Maybe there are some things that are weighing on your heart. And again, this isn't about sin alone. It can be, I don't know, pressures of life. It can be anything that you carry a bit of shame, a bit of fear about, that you're not in complete trust to God about. Bring him those things right now. Take your socks off with him. As we pray, let's just all close our eyes. And just spend a few minutes bringing those things to God, just praying that through, like, God, all of this stuff, what does it mean for me? 
Father, I want to be honest with you right now. I want to be honest with you right now. Here I am, dirt and all, but I know you love me. I'm going to leave you a few minutes to do this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.